Well, to start with today, I got to know we uh, we started back youth on Friday night, and is there any any wildfire youth in this place this morning? Awesome. Well, what I want you to do is grab your staff really quickly and come and join us down the front. Come and fill up these gaps. If you're in wildfire youth, or even if you wish you were, come and grab your staff. We've got one. Thank you, Noah. Anyone else, come and join us down the front. I want to, my eyesight's not too good, and I want to look at you today while I'm preaching, and I can't see too far out the back. They are, they're doing well. You know, we have an amazing bunch of young people in our church who are coming from the selfie generation, who are selfishly giving up themselves for the sake of their friends and lost people in this world, and I think it's an awesome privilege to be a part of that, and they're amazing people. But yeah, we are we starting, well, either today or possibly tomorrow, depending on where you are, your views and level of communication. Uh, we're, we're starting our church fast this week, and um, so we're going to take some time this morning to, to look at fasting and what it means for us as individuals and as a church, and different things that we can do and believe God for this week. And I'll tell you, I've been on a bit of a journey this week. I thought I, I thought I had a good understanding of fasting. But when you're given, given the responsibility to, to communicate it to the church, you know, I just had to go a lot deeper this week. And to be honest, it got to the point where I even, I'm just being very honest right now, got to the point where I, I sent Pam a message and said, I found this amazing video by Jensen Franklin. Can we just show that in church? Because he does a way better job than me. And uh, it'll be great. And she said no. So you got me. But, uh, but it, it's all good. It's all good. But really, on a journey this week, it, I got to a point where I just had to say, God, what, what can I limit this in, in sharing about fasting today? You know, I've only got uh, 75 minutes to share this morning. You know, how, how, can, I, how can I prune it down? And, and so I, I just really instead went to God and said, what do you want to say to our church as we, as we pursue you more this week for 2016? What's the message that you need to bring to North Lakes this week? So I've cut it down to 55 minutes, so we're good. But I just want to encourage you, if you, are, if, if you want to know more about fasting, if you want to know the teaching behind it and, and all the biblical principles, then there's some great resources by a pastor named Jensen Franklin. Interesting name, but a great preacher. And uh, you can jump on YouTube and, and type in his name. There's heaps there. He's got a great book that you can read it. You can read it in an afternoon. I, I downloaded an audio version from a place called Audible, and it takes about four hours to listen to the whole book. So, and you can also change the speed. So I did it in two hours, which is awesome. <laughs> so you, you can do that. If you want to know more about fasting, you know, grab some resources, jump on YouTube, uh, uh, download a book, buy a book from Kurong or something like that. But, um, but there's so much great teaching out there that, that I, I can't even begin to tap into in these 55 minutes. But according to the Bible and according to the definition of the word fasting, uh, it means to abstain as a religious exercise from food and drink, either entirely, if the fast lasted a single day, 
or from customary and choice nourishment if continued for several days. So basically fasting, as, as it's talked about in the Bible, is abstaining from food. It's really what it means. And, and we're going to talk a bit about that this morning. But the important thing is, well, why, why is fasting important to us as, as followers of Christ and, and uh, as a church, as a congregation, as we corporately do it? Well, uh, I, I think it's because God knew how much food would mean to us. Right? Who loves food? Just a few mumbles. But when, when I was 17, I, I started dating Mel. And uh, we, still, we still try and date, but we're a little bit too busy now. Um, so we'd just be married. But we, um, we, sta- we started dating when we were 17. And, and up until that point, my favorite food in life, and it still is, was lasagna. And so my mum would cook a pretty decent lasagna and she'd say to me, what do you want for your birthday dinner? I'd say, lasagna. What do you want for Christmas? Lasagna. What do you want to take to school today for lunch? Leftover lasagna. So I I had this incredible love for lasagna. And uh, my mum tells me that one day when I was 17 or 18, somewhere around that, I came home flustered and said, mum, Mel cooks, the worst thing a son can ever say to their mum, Mel cooks the best lasagna I have ever had in my life. And my mum tells me now that that's the point that she knew that she lost me. (laughs) The moment that my allegiance for best lasagna in the world shifted from her to my now wife, so... It worked out all well, but you know, I think God knew that that and pro, and created us this way to have this love for the enjoyment of food. But but He also knew that food and our appetite would be something that controlled us, something that we would base our days around, our life around, our our biggest decision of the day. So often is what are we going to have for dinner that night? He knew that it was something that was going to have a hold on us. In our life, and you think about some of the biblical examples, you know, Adam and Eve with the fruit in the garden, the the original sin came down to a piece of food. Esau gave up his birthright, everything that he had been promised, everything that he deserved for a bowl of stew. And even one of the transgressions that was listed against Sodom and Gomorrah was gluttony. You know, God knew that food would play a big part in our life, in in a sense, control. And so often distract us. And that's why the sacrifice of fasting and abstaining from food is so meaningful to him. It's giving control and reliance back to him. It's putting him above our own flesh in a demonstration, like a physical demonstration. That's what fasting is, abstaining from food. Showing to God that we have an utter dependency upon him not these natural things of the world. In Matthew 6, Jesus is actually talking about a lot of these things and and I I saw some stuff this week which was awesome that talks about this this passage, this chapter where he's talking to the crowd. It's often called the the three chord that cannot be broken of, of following Jesus and it's prayer, it's giving and it's fasting. And in verse 30, After talking about it, he says, If God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which 
and never even seen. Don't you think he'll attend to you? Take pride in you. Do his best for you. What I'm trying to do here is get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things, but you know both God and how he works. Steep your life in, listen, God reality, God initiative, and God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. And this is why fasting is such an important demonstration for us as followers of Christ, as mere mortals to God, to say, to to take the thing that our body depends on so much to live, what our body depends upon so much just to get through the day. And so, you know what, I am going to do without that to prove to you, God, that I know that your God provision will fill my everyday human concern. And that's why he's called us to fast. Interestingly, earlier in Matthew 6, when Jesus is talking about fasting, he doesn't say, if you fast. He says, when you fast. When you fast. It's almost a a, a directive of being a follower of him. Now, in saying that, there's, there's no directive on how much or how long or what you should do. You know, this week as a church, we're going to embark on a seven-day fast, but, but there's, no, there's no directive that Jesus said it had to be seven days. There's so many examples in the Bible of 40 days if you want to do 40 days or 21 days, but there's also examples of fasting during daylight hours or or missing certain time periods of the day. And, 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 that, and that's what the important thing here is. Not that we do it because of like a religious kind of we're told to do it. But we, we just do it. Because Jesus said this is the way to do it. But he didn't say how exactly we have to do it. And that's why we have so many different ways. But you know there's lots of good reasons to fast. And there's... There's uh, great examples in the Bible, and again, you know, this is just a, a brief overview of it, and, and go and grab some, some more resources from Pastor Jensen or, or someone else that you can find. But in the Bible, here's three examples. When Moses was given the Ten Commandments, when he heard from God direction for the people, you know, he was in the middle of a, a 40-day fast. It's a time when God can speak to you. In the book of Esther, she fasted for freedom, for deliverance, from from oppression for her people. Another example of why we fast. And Hannah, who was barren and and couldn't have a a child, she fasted for a miracle to happen in her life. And and the prophet Samuel was born. And there's so, so many great examples in the Bible. Jesus went and fasted for 40 days, and before that time, there were no recorded miracles of his. You know, so many great examples of fasting that you can find in the Word of God. But at North Lakes, we're fasting corporately together at the beginning of the year to hear from God and to prepare us for this year. And so this is what I really sought God about this week and said, you know, I, I, can, I can give you you know, the 10 reasons to fast or the 10 principles of fasting and, and stuff like that. But as I said, Jensen Franklin will do a far better job of that. Go and YouTube him, unless you're going to 
stay off social media this week and then that might be difficult, but I'm sure God will find an exemption there. But, uh, but yeah, there, there's so many things, but I thought, what is God wanting to say to us as a church this week? Why should we even spend this time pursuing Him, setting time apart, fasting to chase after Him? And, and I found myself led to Mark chapter 2, where Jesus is again talking about fasting in Verse 18, and it says, The disciples of John and the disciples of the Pharisees made a practice of fasting. Some people confronted Jesus. Why do followers of John and the Pharisees take on the discipline of fasting, but your followers don't? Jesus said, When you're celebrating a wedding, you don't skimp on the cake and the wine, you feast. Later, you may need to pull in your belt, but not now. As long as the bride and groom are with you, You have a good time. No one throws cold water on a friendly bonfire. This is kingdom come. Verse 21, he went on. No one cuts up fine silk scarf to patch old work clothes. You want fabrics that match and you don't put your wine in cracked bottles. And that one line there, you don't put wine into old cracked bottles, really spoke to me about the whole reason why we as a church need to spend time this week as we head towards Vision Sunday, as we start our year, the whole reason why we need to take some time to hear from God and to pursue God more this week is this whole idea of putting wine into old cracked bottles. You see, that meant something significant back to, and and if you own a a, um, vineyard, you might have some understanding of this, but when, uh, when they would put wine into... A, a, a wine skin, it had to be a new wine skin because new wine would ferment and expand. And if the wine skin was old and it was dried out and it, it had already been stretched, and as the wine expanded and fermented, then the wine skin would crack and it would break. It couldn't handle the new wine. So you had to put new wine into new wine skin so it could stretch. And he could handle the growth that was happening and it wouldn't break and it wouldn't crack. And I felt like God showed me that this year for our church, as we pursue God more, as we go and and be the church even more in our worlds and and out there in our communities and our families, that God was going to give us something new this year. A new wine, a new fresh anointing to go and be Him, a new strategy to go and see even more influence in the communities that we serve. You know, we're seeing uh, in, in wildfire at the moment, like I, I guess the only way to explain it is unbelievable. The way that God is, is opening up doors every day that give us those moments of we think, oh, that's why that's happened over the last, that's the journey that we've been on. But the, the way that God has Grow, is showing us where we're going this year and the opportunities is opening us to go into high schools and different areas of the community and really reach young people out there. We, this just speaks to me and says we can't take our wineskin from 2015 into 2016 and expect God to give us new wine. Because if we do that, then our wineskin will crack and it will break. But if we, like Jesus said here, Spend time fasting and pursuing Him. Getting a new wineskin from God for 2016, the new wine can be given to us. It can expand, it can grow. We can see more 
of us becoming the church this year, we can see more impact in the things that we go and do, like street safe salvos, like tribe, like wildfire, kumbala, all those things. We can see so much more impact, so much more growth. If we, this week, take time out, sacrifice, and get a new wineskin to take into 2016. So if you could join us in the fast this week, let's demonstrate our need and our reliance on God to prepare, to prepare ourselves for what He wants to do in our church community in 2016. But the interesting thing to remember is that fasting without pursuing God is simply just dieting. So I want to encourage you this week, don't just fast, pursue God. Believe God to speak to you about a new wineskin for 2016. Allow God to grow you and expand you, speak to you more. Increase your faith during this week. Because without that pursuit of God, without taking that time to chase Him this week, then really all we're doing is just having a, a diet. And, and there's, there's health reasons to do that, but there's so many great reasons to pursue God. And as a church, we all want to pursue God with our own ability and capacity. And, and as Jess said earlier, we know that there's, there's people in the church that for health reasons or occupations, you know, you, you, you can't complete a seven-day fast, and that's okay. That's not a problem at all. You know, for those of us that can and feel that God's called us to do that this week, then we will. But we just want to, I, I guess, encourage slash challenge you that th- spend this week pursuing God in the way that He talks to you about, whether it be a fast for a daylight hours for a couple of days for the whole week, whether it's removing some other things from our life to have more time to pursue God. There's going to be so much power when we spend the week together as a church community, pursuing Him, allowing our new wine skin to get ready for the new wine to come in for 2016. But I wanted to share with you quickly this idea of um, removing some of the noise in our life, which a lot of people choose to do in, in a time like this if they can't, if they can't fast from food. I know a lot of us are at this time of the year, when we want to hear from God and pursue Him more, we, we remove some of the noise in our life, like turn the TV off or the radio or, or log yourself out of Instagram for the week and just have less noise in your life. And so I wanted to just share a thought about that this morning, particularly you know, for those of, of our church who may not be able to fast this week, but also for all of us as we really pursue God. And, and uh, you know, last time I, I shared, I um, admitted my commitment and new accountability to health and fitness this year. And uh, I've had a bad week, I must admit, and I got in trouble off uh, Coach Jordan last night. Um, well deserved, but, but had a busy week and I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't do it. But I have decided, and the youth leaders are going to find this funny, I have decided to start running. And they're going to find it funny because last Sunday we had our youth leadership day and I'd been for a, a decent run the night before and I was feeling 
uh, sore slash proud. And um, so I, I constantly reminded them every few minutes that I'd been for a run the night before. But, but, but I, I've, I've found out that, that running is something I can actually do. I never knew that I could, but, but I've started running. But So the, the other week I went out for my first run and, and I, I got my, my fancy new headphones that I've also told you about and put them in. And like, I looked the part, that was important. I had the runners on and the gym gear. I had the, you know, the eBay armband that holds your phone. And the... So I looked the part, it was all good. And, and so as I, as I was going running, it was late at night and, and I got my fancy new headphones and they're noise cancelling, which is awesome. They block out most of the noise outside of your headphones except for what's coming out of them. And as I put them in and, and, and started a, a slow jog kind of fast walk, I, I realised that because they were cancelling out the noise, I could hear myself breathe. You know, if you're, if you're singing or you're talking and you block an ear and you can, you can hear yourself in your head, the, the same thing was happening with my headphones. So I went for a run and, and, um, and I could hear myself in between songs, my, my breathing, and which is really a, a kind of an important thing for me because something that I've learned over the last kind of six months, and I don't know if this is scientific or if it just works for me, but I have found that my ability to, to run, to run fast and, and uh, to have stamina and endurance and complete the, the run that I want to, all comes back to my breathing. I don't know if it's science or if it's just my own head game trying to, trying to make it work, but I've found that if I run and, and, and I naturally do what my body wants to do, which is huff and puff and breathe really fast, that my ability to get the distance is greatly diminished. But if I can get control of my breathing and breathe in slow, breathe out slow, get as much oxygen into my lungs as I can, get rid of the carbon dioxide, if I can control my breathing, even though my body wants to huff and puff, then I can actually run the distance that I want. So the other night, in being able to hear my breathing, I was able to have better control of it. And, and you know, I'm going to say it because I'm proud, but I ran nine kilometers for my first run. I went, yeah. I got all Forrest Gump crazy and just kept going. And, uh, and I was, Mel was worried because I was supposed to run around the block and I just ran nine kilometers and then came home an hour later. Um, quite smelly. And, um, but but this, this is the thing that God really spoke to me so much on this, on this run about this idea that when we remove the noise from our life, when we block out everything and, and we can hear ourselves breathe, that it's, it's an important part of our, our Christian walk. And it spoke to me about pursuing God and really our everyday discipline, but also kind of highlighted to me why we fast, to hear from God, to catch our breath. In Job in chapter 33, he says that the Spirit of God made me what I am. The breath of God Almighty gave me life. My run taught me that when I can control my breath, control my breathing, I can run the race that I need to run. 
I can run the distance. In a sense, what we're talking about is I can get through what God has for my new wineskin in 2016. If I control my breath, make sure I'm getting enough of God in. Enough of God Almighty who gave me life through breath. Getting enough in, getting out what I don't need, getting in what I need, getting out what I don't need. But the only way that I knew whether I was breathing correctly while I was running was the seven or eight seconds I got between songs. When there was nothing but silence, no road noise, no music, just silence and my blocked ears that allowed me to hear how I was breathing. And those few seconds that I took to just readjust and make sure that I was breathing in enough, breathing out enough of the bad stuff, was enough to get me set to run the next part of my race until I could stop, until I could get to the end, until I could get to the, wherever I needed to go. And I just believe that this week as a church, whether we choose to fast under God's direction whether we choose to just simply be people who remove the noise and distraction from our life to pursue Him. I believe that this week as a church, it can be seven seconds between a song. Seven seconds before we start the next leg of 2016 as North Lake Salvos to catch our breath, to check that our breath is right, to get control of our body, to breathe in enough of God, breathe out enough of what we don't need, to keep racing and to keep running in 2016. So we want to see God do amazing things as we continue to be the church this year. And that's that's the, the, the reality, right? We are the church. We are. I mean, look at the person next to you. They are the church. You know, just just speaking of off notes just quickly you know I think I've spent a lot of years in church 35 to be exact and uh and and I know that it's really easy to kind of think that the church is everyone else I don't want to be too tough right now but it's it's easy to be to think in our head oh the church is going to do that the church is going to do that but we have to remember that we are the church and next week, when we hear the vision that this church has, when we reflect on the amazing things that 2015 did, and we look towards what God has called us to 2016, we've got to remember that each one of us sitting on a seat helped to make that happen, but will help to make happen what is coming. But to do that, we need to pursue God. We need to hear from God. We need to spend this next week getting our breath under control so that for the next year we can run the race that God has called us to do. I want to finish this morning with a a new song. I'm not going to sing it. Don't be concerned. But I will if you want me to. (laughs) No, I'm going to get Joel and the guys to come up and sing. But it's a a song that... uh, that Young and Free wrote, and, and, and then they put it on Old People's Version, which is a Hillsong album that came out earlier this year. And it's called Pursue. I, I put myself in that category because I prefer the Hillsong one. 
And it, it talks about things like the, the lines of the song talk about now until forever, Jesus, I surrender. Show me what I don't know more of you. I'm desperate for your presence, longing to be with you. Lead me to a new place, more of you. This is the chorus of this song. And, and, and in preparing for today, I thought, what better a prayer for us as a church to have this week? As we get ready, get ourselves ready and prepare as a church, as a community of believers for 2016 to, to declare this. And now until forever, we surrender. A demonstration of fasting or removing the noise from our life. Show me what I don't know. Give me more of you. A prayer that says we're desperate for your presence, just longing to be with you. Lead me to a new place, a new wineskin. Give me more of you. I just want to finish today with this, with this song and this prayer. Simple song, simple prayer. And, and wherever you're at and however you feel, whether you want to stand, whether you want to kneel, whether you just want to close your eyes and pray, my prayer has been that we as a church will make this our prayer and our declaration for this week. That this week we will pursue God to know more of Him, to hear more of Him, to chase more of Him so that this year we can be the church, can be everything that our Lord Jesus wants us to be in our communities, in our workplaces, and our families. So let me just pray and we'll sing this song. But Lord, we thank You that, that You have set us apart for Your work that you have saved us for a purpose, that the reason why we're here is to bring glory to you and to bring hope to a world that needs to hear your message so much. And as we take time and set apart time and clear the noise and busyness of our life to pursue you more this week, Lord, I pray that you would speak to us, not only as a church, but as individuals, you would highlight areas of our life that we can chase you even deeper in. You would highlight parts of us that need to be removed. You would help us to control our breathing so that we're bringing in more of you throughout the year and less of what we don't need. Lord, we make it our prayer this morning that for this week we will pursue you, that we will chase you, that we will believe that you will do amazing things in our lives this week that will catapult our church in 2016 to be the church and everything that you need us to be. Lord, as we pray this morning, as we sing, I ask that your Holy Spirit would come and be a part of this place. You don't need any invitation, but you need our willingness. And so we are willing to hear from you this morning. Give us a message. Tell us what we need to do, what we need to clear from our life, how we can demonstrate to you this week that we rely upon you in everything that we do. Lord, we thank you. Amen.